0: This is Money Made Simple, the financial podcast that keeps it simple and gets to the point. Kia ora, everyone, and welcome back to Money Made Simple. Gosh, who would believe it's mid February already? The year is creeping onwards very quickly. Last month of summer.
1: I know, at least we've actually had a summer here in Auckland and I hope throughout the rest of the country this time too, right? Definitely beats last year. For sure. Gotta be grateful. So let's get into it. We are here to tackle one of our very fave topics and one that we did briefly touch on back in episode 14 in, God, mid-January? But as those of you who listened to might remember, we said we'd circle back to it. So here we are, circling back. Yep, and that is the seemingly age-old passive versus active investing debate.
0: We'll explain exactly what we mean by passive investment and active investment. Um, the several differences between the two styles of management, some facts and figures around historic Performance
1: on each. And of course, we'll throw in a bit of personal opinion on what we think and how we personally invest.
0: For sure. Okay, great. Well, let's get stuck in. First things first, let's explain what we actually mean by passive and active investing or investment management. Liv, I know we already touched on this, but can you recap for those who may not have caught our recent episode around diversification, where we introduced the concept of passive and active
1: investing? I sure can. So let's start with active investing. So with active investment management, fund managers or or individual investors, of course, they aim to outperform the overall market by picking and choosing individual shares and or other assets. So they may actively try to identify undervalued assets.
0: By assets, we're talking about shares, bonds, property, et cetera, anything that's on sale.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they'll usually try and time the market to take advantage of particular, often short-term opportunities, or they'll follow themes or ideas around which specific investments will perform better than the broader market over a period of time.
0: Yeah, and we'll go into this in a little more detail later in the episode, but active managers tend to trade more frequently and with higher trading costs.
1: Yeah, for example, brokerage and settlement fees to buy and sell.
0: Yep. And those costs are typically borne by the fund they manage and therefore offset the performance.
1: Yeah. So from a professional fund management perspective, active management basically means that fund or portfolio managers select investments based on an independent assessment of their worth. So essentially trying to choose the most attractive investments. Cool. Generally speaking, the goal of active managers is to beat the market, in inverted commas, or outperform certain standard benchmarks. And Jenny, what about passive management?
0: Yeah, passive investing could be described as a more hands-off approach. Investors and investment managers build a diversified portfolio using one or more particular indices or indexes, like the S&P 500 or... And we've, yeah,
1: we've talked about these loads in other episodes, so see our diversification episode if you want a little more info around this. Sorry, just side note.
0: Thanks, Liv. Yeah, and um, these indexes basically track the broader market. So instead of attempting to beat the market, they seek to match its overall performance. This approach is based on the theory that over the long term, markets are efficient and they're going to go up in line with economic growth. And by holding a broad range of assets, passive investors can harness that growth in an efficient and Hands off manner?
1: Yes, yeah, so basically, in a nutshell, a passively managed fund means that the fund manager isn't trying to pick the winners like the active one, rather, they're simply choosing to invest in the whole or most of the market or a particular broad segment of the market.
0: Yeah, so your active fund manager is actively researching and picking shares and trying to time the market. That's choosing investments and then deciding on the best times to buy and sell them. And this takes resources and expertise and usually costs a bit of money. Mm. Um, So a manager or an individual investor that's investing via index-type funds builds a portfolio whose holdings mirror a particular index and then they usually just hold on to them.
1: AKA the buy and hold, like you may have heard regarding property investing strategies, right?
0: Yes. So I think that's the main definitions covered. So let's dive into a little more detail about how those management styles actually differ. Maybe we can go through some of the key factors and what makes them different.
1: Yeah, cool. So let's start with costs and fees, which as many of our listeners and members will know is one of our favourite things to bang on about. We know. (laughs) <laughs> we say bang
0: on about. I think inform and educate. Um passive funds generally have a lower expense ratio, which is a fancy term for the cost to invest compared to active funds.
1: Yeah, they tend to trade in a more automated manner and less frequently, which does lead to lower transaction and management costs and that keeps fund costs etc low. So in the case of a passive fund manager, if they then pass on these cost savings to their clients in the form of lower fees and charges, they can help their investors retain a higher relative proportion of their net returns. Does that make sense? Yes. Passive equals low cost. Generally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. While on the other hand, active funds usually require continuous research analysis and decision-making about which shares and other assets to buy and sell and when, often leading to higher research and management costs for either the manager And or the investor. Mm.
1: And in the case of managed funds, like active KiwiSaver investment fund managers, the cost of all this effort often gets passed on to the investors in the form of higher fees and charges – And that's regardless of the performance of the fund.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's important to remember that the higher fee for your KiwiSaver or investment funds doesn't necessarily mean higher quality or performance. Mm. It can just be because your funds cost a lot more to manage and they could actually see weaker performance despite the higher percentage of costs. Mm. And of
1: course, in some cases, the performance may reflect and do better, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You just never know. No.
1: So what's next? This is something we've, gone on to in detail on, but we'll briefly cover it here again as it's an important part of the active versus passive debate, and that's around diversification.
0: Yeah, so passive funds typically provide broader diversification across an entire market or broad sector, reducing the risks associated with individual or narrow asset selection. So we've talked about this a lot. So for example, being reliant on one or just a few specific investments.
1: Mm. And, And it's that whole not having like all your eggs in one basket concept. So if some of the assets within your investment portfolio see a significant drop for whatever reason, others in the portfolio may do the opposite, so perform well, and then that will even out the performance of the portfolio overall.
0: Yeah, and to be fair, active funds can be and often are diversified Mm, too. Yeah, of course. But their portfolios tend to hold fewer investments given each asset is individually bought and managed within the fund or portfolio. Mm. And this means that, say, an asset or sector has a big issue – If the actively managed portfolio concentrates on that particular sector, a good example could be a fund focused on technology. Which definitely exists, right? Yeah, the fund performance may really suffer as a result of this concentration.
1: Yeah, and obviously the same goes the other way around. So where actively managed funds could see particularly good performance if the manager of that fund has made some smart or lucky decisions and the asset or sector, for example tech, which has happened in the last couple of years, does really well. So it's all kind of like an informed guessing game with active management that has the potential to go really, really well or really, really badly.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that's the costs and level of diversification covered. What's next?
1: So performance is, of course, a factor to consider. So the performance of a passively managed fund should be very similar to the performance of the index or indices or indexes that it's tracking, which means that the fund will reflect both the ups and downs of the index or the market. And passive funds are unlikely to outperform the market given they're designed to closely track it.
0: On the other hand, given active fund managers choose specific investments, they have the potential to outperform the market on the upside and limit losses when the market declines Yes, relative to the yeah. index. And on
1: the flip side, of course, they also have the potential to underperform the market depending on those decisions the fund manager makes.
0: Yes and there are some comprehensive studies about the performance of the two types of funds or management hey?
1: Yeah so Standard and Poor's or S&P who manage some of the world's biggest share indices so S&P 500 being the obvious one but they carry out comprehensive analysis which are what we call the SPIVA studies. So these studies compare actively managed funds against their appropriate benchmarks on an I think it's an annual basis Um, And they basically show that in every part of the world, in every asset class, over the long term, and we're talking long term here, it's very hard for active managers to consistently beat the market.
0: Yeah, I think you can check out the studies and the ongoing results at spglobal.com, but we'll chuck that link in the show notes.
1: Yeah, make it easy. So these SPIVA studies show that if you're investing for 10 years or more, so basically a market cycle, the chances of an active manager beating the market after fees are basically below 20%. So if you put that into betting terms, it's less than a one in five chance of winning if you actively pick your assets or stocks or whatever you want to call them versus investing in the whole market. So passive investing.
0: And these studies show that the longer you invest, the lower your chances of your active fund manager consistently beating the market. Mm. Uh, Mm. So there are some famous and of course very skilled active fund managers who do manage to beat the market. Yeah. Though if they do, sometimes their funds are closed to new investors. Yeah. And while many active managers can beat the market before fees over the short term, once fees are taken into account, far fewer do. Yeah,
1: well, it's I mean, it's around 20% or less, right?
0: Yes, the SPIVA numbers back that up. Yeah,
1: and, and it's, so it's a great little website to check out. So in a nutshell, these analyses tend to tell us Relatively few active managers are able to outperform passive managers over any given time period, but particularly the longer you go, the more likely that is to kind of show. Yeah. Cool. So it's probably pretty obvious which camp we're in on this debate, right?
0: No, surely not. <laughs> well, for me personally, it's a no-brainer. In my own obviously biased opinion, mm. note the emphasis here, the The SPIVA data alongside the costs and the dependence on active management on consistently good decisions. Or lucky
1: decisions, yep, either or. Yep.
0: Uh, by people, um, provide pretty good evidence in favour of passive investing. While active strategies certainly can and do have their moments of success, the consistency, cost efficiency and generally better long-term performance of passive investments make them for sure my preferred option.
1: The evidence is there, right? No, I absolutely agree. Although, to be fair, I definitely didn't always think this way or, I mean, of course, didn't have the knowledge I now have working for simplicity and within the investment management industry. So when I first started dabbling in the share market years ago, I know I tried to beat the market. So I was short-term buying and selling individual shares. I made the mistake of, often reacting to media-reported events and issues around the companies I'd chosen and then I'd buy or sell accordingly. I thought I was kind of like the share maestro. I definitely <laughs> wasn't. Um, over time, I realise it's very challenging, even for seasoned investors, unlike what I was or am now, to predict market movements, right? So I took plenty of losses along the way. And I mean, I guess doing the whole DIY act of investing with money that you can afford to lose, caveat there, can be pretty fun and may teach valuable lessons around trying to predict the market. However, I do wish I'd understood a bit earlier the long-term benefits of following a passive index-based investment approach. I think looking at some of my bigger losses, my portfolio would be a lot better off by now if I had
0: Yeah, and I think talking about KiwiSaver in particular, it's a really long-term investment, right? So if we know that the passive investing approach over long time periods um, is is usually going to outperform active management, then it seems like a pretty good bet.
1: Yes, yeah. And so I've obviously long since stopped trying to time the market and think that I can do better um, than the market performance itself. I've still actually retained my share investments basically to do the whole kind of buy and hold that we mentioned earlier and hope that some of those big losses that I sustained eventually creep back into the green, which they might, they might not. But with my current and future investing, I've kind of moved on to a lighter touch, lower cost strategy, basically investing weekly into a low fee managed index fund that I know will accumulate wealth over time.
0: Cool. So I guess we're firmly in the passive camp. Yep. Um, but just to note, I was chatting with someone recently and maybe I sounded a bit evangelical about the the passive way of doing things. Simplicity um, way, right? <laughs> and and he reminded me that active and passive investing are actually sort of two sides of the same coin. Passive investors need active investors. Oh, sorry. They're the ones doing the research and analysis and buying and selling and they're helping determine what a fair price of an asset should be. So passive investors are kind of receiving some of the benefits of that role of active managers without having to pay the
1: cost that... Kind of makes sense. Can you explain that a little bit more? Uh,
0: Well, he actually used a used car analogy, which sort of worked for me. So he was talking about the fact that there are people that are always going to want to buy a used car, right? Especially Kiwis. It's a low cost, safe and sensible option. But to have used cars, you actually need new cars.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um So you need some people that are willing to pay a higher price really for <laughs> no, no,
1: joking, joking.
0: For the newest model, the best cars, that All kind the of thing. Bells and whistles. Yeah. And and then we benefit as used car buyers mm-hmm. on that that market for new cars. So I mean, it's not a perfect analogy, but it kind of makes sense. Nothing ever is, Jenny. <laughs> it kind of yeah. made sense to me. Yeah. In that there is a symbiotic relationship between
1: we act- will take yeah. those active management okay. styles and use them to our benefit, yes. right? I think just another thing worth mentioning is that, in fact, we here at Simplicity, while we obviously talk about being predominantly passive, right, do actually practice an element of active management. And that's through our investments in build to rent, our first home mortgages, and also investing in a select number of Kiwi startups and private companies.
0: Obviously, that's a pretty small part of what we do, hence why we're still advocating for a mainly passive approach.
1: Yeah. But the reason for this is taking these opportunities to invest where we believe we have a sustainable competitive advantage, both being non-profit and having local knowledge and connections here in the New Zealand market.
0: We also take a long-term view which these investments play into. We believe that they'll produce good returns over the long term alongside our investments in shares, bonds, cash, etc.
1: Yeah, and and they also play into our values of building a better future for New Zealand, obviously while making money for our members, right?
0: Yeah, and I think that's interesting. Another good point for the active approach, it allows a person or fund manager to align their investments with their
1: values and or interests. Another example being active investments in more ethically oriented assets or kind of niche assets in the market like crypto. There's a couple of fund managers who actively specialise in these types of investments. Yeah, Um,
0: there's definitely some demand for that in New Zealand.
1: Okay, cool. (laughs) Probably a good opportunity here just to remind our community that it is essential for investors to kind of understand their own risk tolerance objectives, time horizon, all of that that we've talked about before and If you need to, you could consider seeking independent advice before making any investment decision. We are not here to give advice. No, we
0: are not. Just information. Yes. So I think that wraps up our passive versus active debate. I don't know if it was much of a debate. No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) But I'm sure we'll talk about it again in the future. It's obviously something we're really passionate about and passive investing is the model that simplicity largely follows. But we'll wrap it up for now. So what have we got on the agenda for our next episode, Liv?
1: Next episode is pretty exciting. So we've actually got a new friend. (laughs) We really do. Yeah. So we're going to be, for the very first time, inviting an external guest onto the show. So we've had a couple of different simplicity people, but we're actually inviting our friend Colin McGee from Catalyst to talk about stock exchanges and how they work. Sounds really interesting. It will be. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, me too. So we'll catch you all next time. Thanks, everyone. See ya. This podcast contains personal opinions and is intended to provide educational information only. It doesn't relate to your particular financial situation or goals and is not financial advice or recommendations. Simplicity New Zealand Limited is the issuer of the Simplicity KiwiSaver Scheme and investment funds. For product disclosure statements, please visit Simplicity's website, simplicity.kiwi.